Huh. I haven't seen Gnorton, Foodog, or Ganesha in uh, quite a while. Wonder what the hell they're up to. Guess I'll find out. <laughs> And welcome to Richard's Radio Adventures. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and welcome back. We're still on schedule, hopefully, and things are just really, really rolling in this part of the world. Well, let's start off with, uh, sadly, the business part first. Okay, guys, um, we're ramping, still ramping up to getting Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, back going. And donations have been slow. Now, I, I do nag. I don't require anybody to pay money for our shows or anything else. But we do occasionally need some help with the bill. So please, please go over to the website at uh, rfpodcast.info, www.rfpodcast.info. And check out one of the options to drop a single one-time donation in, molten recurring donations, that kind of stuff. The upside of uh, Patreon, uh, my Patreons are really going to be happy when we get the time to get that extra content area set up for them over at the website. But uh, that's part of what's coming for recurring uh, donation over at uh, Patreon for uh, Resonant Frequency. If you want to drop a one-time in, that's fine. We've got a cup of coffee, which will allow you to do that, and our old standby, PayPal. Uh, so go on over, look in the sidebar, click on link, throw a couple dollars in the kitty. You know, I see more and more with uh, other endeavors I'm involved with that, well, the other night I went ahead and took a, out a bunch, handful of cash and stuck it in the uh, treasurer's lockbox just so everybody could might get the idea to go ahead and start helping out. So, uh, let's see, with that, uh, going on around here, we uh, are still working on Aries and the local club. Had our club meeting uh, just night before last, and... Finally, got the Constitution ratified, set up a plan, a structure for club dues, and then we spent about an hour sitting around talking radios. Uh, we were lucky enough to have a couple of guys. One been off there for 10 years, and uh, another one who is a shiny new ham. So, things are really going good for us out here. We finally acquired a better uh, repeater. For local communications, uh, it's not ours, but we're borrowing it, and things are just looking up. I would like all of you, encourage all of you, especially the new guys, y'all go hang out at one of the local clubs. 
you don't always have, I mean, you don't really have to join a bunch of them, but it's nice to be around those other radio operators. So if you got questions, they probably got answers. Okay, um, trying to think of anything else we might have going on. Our repeater ideas so far have fallen through for uh, one out here in the county because we can't get the equipment squared away to make that happen. Uh, we've been offered a wonderful place to put a machine by a non-profit over here and who just so happened to have a 100-foot tower. But uh, where it stands right now is we don't have anything to put on it. Alrighty, so uh, I really can't think of a whole lot else for those of y'all that uh, in the U.S. It's probably about time for y'all to have your uh, Aries uh, simulated emergency test. Uh, we're coming up on that as well. My buddy W2CW is currently working on his Winlink station, and that's starting to look better and better to me because that's a antenna I could probably hide. And uh, we are getting prepared for that, uh, heading into November. All right. I think we've pretty much covered uh, all, what, all of what's going on around here, and y'all are hoping I will shut up and get on to it. So, uh, unless I think of something else really quick, I think we're going to move on to our main subject. Okay, so we've been talking in the last few episodes about basic radio wave propagation or basic radio propagation. Uh, I believe the last episode was labeled four. Now, I might be mistaken. We'll find out. So, we've talked about line of sight, uh, ionosphere. We've talked about... Uh, various and sundry things along the way. What I would like to do this time, because this is a kind of a basic primer, is there's a lot of mystery for people who haven't had an opportunity to talk to others about it, about sunspots. Why do we keep talking about sunspots? Sunspots are, are they, it doesn't make any sense unless you put it in context. And unfortunately, most people don't get the context because Everybody expects you to know it when you come in. So we're going to talk about that a few minutes. I uh, hope we don't bore you too much. And since this is a basic primer type thing, we're not going to get uh, we're going not going to get super wrapped up in the nuts and bolts. But there are some simple things you need to know. Now we talked about reflection, refraction, that kind of stuff uh, a little bit more when we were talking about VHF and UHF, but. It also works the same way with HF, uh, most especially HF, because you're not going to get contacts more than a couple hundred miles away unless you are bouncing that signal off the ionosphere. And that's where the solar cycle and or sunspots come in. Now, when we talk about solar cycle, the solar cycle is about 11 years. The sun tends to have more sunspots at the peak of the cycle, fewer sunspots at the, at the bottom end of the cycle. And it's great astronomy, but you're probably asking yourself, well, why do I care? Well, in the case of amateur radio operators, we really like an increase in sunspot activity on the sun. That means the sun is more active during that time. The easiest way to put it, the more sunspots sun you got, the better your worldwide radio propagation on HF. 
when there are more sunspots, the sun puts out radiation that cha charges particles in the Earth's ionosphere. Radio waves bounce off or refract off of these charged particles. The denser these clouds of ions are, the better the HF propagation. When the ionosphere is denser, higher frequencies will refract off of it rather than passing through. This is what we want. We want the signal to refract off of it and bounce back down to the Earth. Um, that's one of the problems with higher bands like VHF in a lot of cases, UHF in a lot of cases, and even higher because we do have frequencies that are much higher. I remember watching TV shows when I was a kid that were coming in on the VHF TV bands, and from time to time, we didn't, I'd be ending up in the middle of the night or late in the evening or whatever watching a TV show on a TV station that was hundreds of miles away. And this is part of what we're talking about. Uh, sometimes in that case, it was more ducting or uh, e-skip or something. But this all plays into this ionospheric interaction. So we have this 11-year cycle. When it's up, it's great, man, because it allows even 10 meters to propagate very efficiently. And sometimes even a 10-watt radio in a car can work stations in Europe, Asia, that kind of stuff. I know here at the top of the sunspot cycle that about, because of where we are in Texas, about noon or 1 o'clock, you can't hear nothing but California. But they're all over the plate. And... If you wait a little further in the evening, you start hearing Pacific Islands and Japan. When it hits Japan, man, you're, you, every evening you're hearing them guys. Every evening. So let's kind of, kind of get back to what we were talking about. The higher ionization of the, the ionosphere means that higher wavelengths are going to propagate more efficiently. Now, when it, the cycle's all the way up, like I said, even 10 meters worldwide coverage and it even tends to be better around the uh the spring or fall you know if the ionosphere is not dense enough and then we run into a term that i'm gonna try and get into the glossary uh but if it's not dense not dense enough the maximum usable frequency which is something y'all need to know so go look it up may be below 10 meters or perhaps even lower Signals with frequencies as high as 15 meters or below will propagate, but the 10 meter band won't. Other solar activity we have, and I'm kind of bouncing back and forth, but other solar activity that we have are also are called solar flares and coronal holes, which emit protons. Now, the reason we're worried about these is, is that we want the atmosphere or the ionosphere ionized. We want those ionized particles in the in the ionosphere so that we can bounce signal off of them or skip one off of them if you want to put it that way. But the problems in the problem in the case of the solar flares and coronal holes, they emit protons. Now go back to junior high or high school science, and you know that if a proton hits a negatively charged ion. It's going to kill the charge on that ion. What this means is that you're going to have less 
refractive ionospheric layers because the density of charged or negatively charged particles will be there. I know, I know. It sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to make sure that I don't shoot over the top of y'all's heads. Uh, we were having a conversation at the club meeting the other night, and you know the guy that'd been off there for a while, and the guy that uh, was new. We were using a lot of terms that we use every day as amateur radio operators, but they haven't been exposed to it, so we kept having to stop and try and explain it to them so that they would be up to speed on the conversation we were having. So if there's enough energy coming off of these solar flares or these coronal holes, you may end up with what is called a geomagnetic storm. Now, I don't have the time to go through geomagnetic storms with y'all. We may get back to it in another episode. I will, uh, like I said, I'm going to be adding some additions to the glossary uh, simply because of this topic. And if y'all want to go over to the website or, uh, yeah, go over to the website. Down at the bottom of almost every post, there's a link over to the glossary. There's also a link off of the main menu. These geomagnetic storms can create, well, they'll cause the uh, ability for the ionosphere to refract these signals to greatly diminish. Now, in some cases, there can be enough particles coming off of the sun to actually beef up that D-layer. Now, we talked about the D-layer in the ionosphere, and there can be enough energy in a solar flare, geomagnetic storm, and that kind of stuff to energize the D-layer to the point that it will start to absorb these radio waves. D-layer is not our friend, and that's why we tend to lose the lower end of HF when the sun comes up and heats up. That's why we like him some sunspots, because we can just move on up to 2015, 10, 1217 if you prefer to work those. And even propagation get, can get the kick in uh, when we are at the peak of the sunspot cycle. And you'd be able to work stuff on VHF, UHF, and all that other kind of stuff. Okay, there's one more thing I do need to talk about. Now, currently, if you are a new amateur radio operator, you may be starting to get frustrated. You may be, because the uh, newer guys, I, I didn't really take a look at the band plan for the uh, for the codeless text uh, until recently, and I noticed that you guys do have HF privileges. The voice segment that you are allowed down on HF on 10 meters is the exact same segment that I had when I got my novice license. So this is going to be particularly pointed toward you guys because I know you're experiencing a boatload of frustration at this point if you went and got your took your test, got your license, Got yourself an HF radio in, went out and bought yourself a G5 RV, and you can't seem to hear nothing. And even, especially on 10 meters, where you want to be on there transmitting, talking to people, working 1010 and all that other stuff, it's not happening for you. Well, 
it works kind of like this, guys. Solar activity for working 14 to 28 megahertz or 20 meters to 10 meters and even 50 or uh, 50 megahertz, 6 meters, is going to be a challenge for a little while. The amount of sunspots and correlating solar activity decreases and increases because of this 11-year cycle. So the presence of the sunspots it normally indicates there's going to be activity, and the absence of them is probably indicates that there's not going to be activity on those higher bands. The upside of further down on HF is that you can kind of keep that going even when solar activity is at an extreme minimum. Now, according to the research I did to get this episode out, we are currently at or very close to solar minimum. That means that we hit bottom uh, roughly between 2019 and early 2020. Okay, it really probably wasn't a great time to work HF while we were all uh, sequestered. But the upside is that means the cycle hit bottom, so it's going to start coming back. And the next cycle is expected to peak. Now, it doesn't peak exactly in the middle every time or very often, but it's expected to peak between 2023 and 2026. Now, you're going to have usable propagation well before that, but it'll, like I've said, when it's at the peak, uh, here anyway, all you can hear is California, man. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, Florida and California. And as the day, either earlier in the day, later in the day, depending, you, you're going to get Japan, Australia, you're going to get uh, back the other direction, you're going to get some of Africa, Europe, that kind of stuff. And I'm talking about a guy who started out with a dipole antenna that uh, ran from the eve of my house to a post in the backyard, a uh, 10-meter antenna, and it was just fantastic. So don't get discouraged. Take your time. You know, you can't transmit further down, but you can always go down into those uh, international broadcast bands, listen to them, listen to WWV, which I think I mentioned in one of the uh, previous episodes, and using that, tune your receive side. Once your receive receive side is good, your transmit side ought to be good. You know, there's a lot of places out there to get this information. I do have uh, a graphic over on the website that kind of, it's kind of, a, that thing is kind of a no-brainer. You go over and you look, and it will tell you what bands are open, what bands aren't open at that time. And I'm not the only one that has that. It, uh, there's a lot of websites out there that have the, have the same thing, and it'll give you an idea of what's going on. But for now, my biggest suggestion is, number one, Go make sure your station is good. Check your check your antennas. Make sure your equipment's uh, putting out like it's supposed to. That's why even those of you who have no interest in Morse code or CW should have a CW key because you can use that CW key to key up that radio into a dummy load now. And... Make sure that your output power is good and that kind of stuff. 
where your antennas are concerned. Nowadays, y'all have antenna analyzers, and we didn't have that when I first got started. But if you cut them close to the formula, especially if you're making your own dipole, if you cut them close to the formula, you're good. Antenna matchers or tuners can help a lot as well. Take the time to get your station right. In the meanwhile, use VHF and UHF and talk to people nearby. That's, uh, that right there is a really helpful option because that allows you to hone your skills. So I hope I haven't put y'all to sleep and I know this one, this one is uh, pretty, not nearly as high energy as some have been, especially those that were alcohol fuel. <laughs> but it's a matter of getting this out to y'all. Now, I'm going to look and see if I can scrape up some stuff for maybe one or two more of these basic propagation episodes or segments. Uh, but if that turns out not to be the case, then we will probably do our best to try and do a basic antenna, HF antenna series, and see if that'll help. In fact, uh, after some stuff I've been hearing lately, we probably need to go back and refresh the battery series that is over on resonant frequency uh, because there has been new technology come along since we did those shows. So, so we'll go ahead and wrap up this propagate, propagation segment. I do want to please reiterate one more time. We are not a commercial uh, endeavor and your donations help greatly further the cause of resonant frequency and amateur radio simply because we are able to uh, make sure that we have the facilities to uh, get these uh, audio recordings out and get them in a place where everybody can find them so i'm asking you please try if you have the time to go over the website click through drop a small donation it doesn't have to be much we just want to make sure we're able to keep everybody informed, get new guys up to speed. If the older guys have stuff that they still uh, are having trouble wrapping their head around, we want to try and get them up to speed on that kind of thing. So with that, uh, I think that's about it. We will most probably, should we survive, we will see you in two weeks. And I hope. I hope this has helped y'all. Alright, so let me get on out of here. I'm uh, starting, to, starting to get redundant. So uh, take care of your family. Uh, we'll talk to y'all soon. And 7 3. We gotta go. Precious